You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. We're in Luke chapter 19, and if I, it's been so long since I've been here that I forgot. Remember the donkeys? So we're going to read the donkey story again, and then we're going to preach what he did with the donkey, okay? We're going to talk about that. So I think we're in 29. 35. It's actually 29. Can you get there? Are they there? When he approached Bethpage and Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you there. And as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And what they're really asking is, why are you stealing those colts? That colt. They said, the Lord has need of it. I like that one. Someone had their car stolen last night. And uh, the Lord has need of it. Okay, just go ahead and take it. So that brings you to today's version of this, right? So they brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. And he was going, as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was, as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. Shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord and peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, one of the best words in the Bible is but. He said, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. So what's going on in this story, you know, three, three weeks ago? I talked to you about, they, they did what he told them to do, they said what he told them to say, they followed absolutely, and they found it just as he told them it would be, and I talked about how, if we would just do what he says and say what he says, we're going to find life to be just what he promised. And those of us that are not experienced a Christianity that works are basically probably not following these principles of doing what he says saying what he, t- was, he told us to say, and we're not finding it just as he said. In fact, it seems completely opposite. But those of us that are, are seeing this, and this is, this is the key to life. Well, what they got the colt for was that Jesus, they put him on it, they put their coats on the road, the donkey actually walked on their coats, and then they took palm branches. And you find this in, in, in all four Gospels, different parts of the story. And in Matthew, they, they shouted, Hosanna. And in, in this one, they, they shouted, uh, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Well, they said that in all of them. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And so what they're doing, this is not something that you would see in Oroville today. If we have a parade, we don't put someone on a donkey to make them look good. If we today put them on a donkey, we're doing it to mock them or make them look bad. In Jesus' day, 
In fact, by the time the Crusades happened, putting a king on a donkey was a sign of defeat. But in Jesus' day, it was a universal sign of I come in peace. A king would ride in on a donkey. Donkeys were not the butt of the joke they are today. They were actually an everyday, all the time, you know, they were people's horses and they were, they were their pets. And to ride on a donkey was not disgraceful. It was the sign of I come in peace. A king who rides into a city. If he comes in on a stallion, he comes with war. If he comes in on a donkey, he comes with peace. And so they put him on a donkey. The Prince of Peace is on a donkey. And he's riding into Jerusalem. And they're waving palm branches. And everything's really wonderful because Jesus really deserves this treatment. He really is the king who has come. They've all gone to Hebrew school all their life. They've all had every Friday dinner with their family, the, the unleavened bread, where they tell the stories of the deliverance of Israel and how, how God delivered them over and over and over. And one day he will send them another deliverer. In fact, it was Moses. He told God speaking, saying, one day I will send you the one and you will listen to him. It's who the father was reminding them about was what the fathers was reminding them about on the Mount of Transfiguration when he said, this is my son, listen to him. It was in reference to Deuteronomy chapter 18 where he said, my son, I will send you one and you will listen to him. And he said, you won't be allowed to be my children if you don't listen to him. You won't be allowed to be my people is what he actually said if you don't listen to him. And today I think we still, I mean, I say this all the time, today, today we still look for anyone to listen to but Jesus. Christian churches all over the world preach anything but Jesus and call themselves Christian churches. Jesus is the king. And putting him on the donkey and making him king is the exact thing. We have a 10-point message around here. And one of, the, one of the points is salvation is through Jesus alone. And it's maybe just to keep things short, we left out something that's very important. It's Salvation is through the Lord Jesus alone. Some Spanish boy named Jesus does not bring salvation. It's the Lord Jesus that brings salvation alone. Do you follow me? It's not the name that brings salvation. It's his name that brings salvation because of who he is. And here he is in our story on a donkey riding into Jerusalem and they're waving palm branches, putting their clothes on the ground for a donkey to walk on, proclaiming him, not just proclaiming him the king, but to say that blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. No, it's also Hosanna in the highest. So when they're doing this, what they're identifying is they're identifying that he is the one. They're saying, Hosanna to the one who is able to deliver us. And this is where the story parts. This is where they lose. And they lost heavily. Because the next, when we go to the next part of the story, it's hideous. And history is hideous. Like beyond hideous. Because of what they were doing that day wasn't right. They were wrong. Yes, they should have called him king. Yes, he is the king of kings. But what he came to deliver them from was this, and they were worshiping him because they expected him to deliver them from that. He came to offer them, first and foremost, listen to this, and I, I know you'll, rec you'll, you'll relate. First thing he came to deliver them from was themselves. The first thing he offers me is I will deliver you from you. Whew. 
I was getting a little worried there because I could use being delivered. Second thing he came to do is maybe brainwash me. Well, I, I, my brains could use a little washing, let me tell you. Yeah, it is not my nature. He says, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, give to any man that asks of you, love your enemy. What? <laughs> do good to those who do bad to you. This just is not my nature. This is not my first reaction. My first feeling. Know those things that I want to do that I have to do to make him the Lord of my life. Because salvation is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's just Jesus Christ, someone who came and died and rose again and all that. All of it can be true, but he's not my Savior unless he's my Lord. And until he is the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't have any hope. And until he delivers me from this personal reaction to everything, this offense, this fight or flight, this crazy human nature that I've developed through a selfish world, until he brings this deliverance to me, I honestly have zero hope. And I mean, it's less than zero. I was being optimistic saying zero. Sometimes a poor self-image is just good common sense. And I can tell you that describes me. So the very first thing he has come to deliver me of is me and change me. So he's offering born-again nature, made brand new, a new creature, a new creation. This is what he's offering me. And I've got him on a donkey worshiping him saying, Hosanna in the highest. Let me tell you what it means. Hosanna means the one who is able to deliver me. That's what it, the one who is able to save me. And if I will just first and foremost realize he's saving me from me. Let, you know, other, all of these guys he's talking to, they all got killed. They got arrested. They got beaten. He didn't save them from those guys. He saved them from themselves. You see, we know that they also were with the crowd. He came as a king to do this, and they were crowning him, worshiping him, and calling him Lord, and singing praise songs to him, raising their hands to this. This did them no good. You'll find out next week how bad this did them to worship him incorrectly. They missed him. He stood on a hill and looked down on Jerusalem, the city he's entering, and he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you under my wings. Like a mother hen gathers her brood, but you just would not worship me for who I said I am. You had to worship me for who you said I am. In the Father's House School of Transformation, in SOT Light, in everything we do here, is to try to help people find out who Jesus is. Who is he? Who does he say he is? Because when you go this way, you find the deliverer that he intended to be for you. You end up having eternal life. You end up having freedom from yourself. Like self-control actually becomes possible for you. But when you worship him the way you want to, you find this form of religion that has little or no power in it. Are you following me? Which do you want? The second thing we teach around here, and it's like almost like elementary school level, seemingly, but, but turns out to be PhD level, is if he is this, then, and you worship him as who he said he would be, 
Well, then who does that make you? See, this is, the, this is the preaching and teaching of the Father South Church. This is the whole nine yards. This is the key that unlocks the kingdom. Who does that make you? Are you really your father's son or his son? Are you really the product of your world or are you a product of his kingdom? When you say he's the king, what's he the king of? You see, they were looking for someone. To, they had one, get us away from Rome. That was their experience. Their stories told them he does this all the time. They hadn't heard from him in over 400 years. I mean, do the math. America's not even 400 years old. They had not heard from God in 400 years. And he shows up as a man, Emmanuel amongst them, riding a donkey, Stating to them, I am entering as your king. And they have a choice to make. Will he be the king he is or the king they want? Do you say, I surrender all to you? I surrender all, Lord. Is that what you say? Or Lord, I surrender to you because you're exactly what I need and want. I surrender to you for whatever you need and want. It's, the, it's that idea of Christianity where I invite you into my life to bless me. Or I take this mess I created, give it to you, and if you can use it, please do. For your benefit. It's so crazy, the vernaculars we use. Who we, who we think being a Christian is, is usually what we think we want, who we think he is. We know these guys don't understand because Judas participated in every single part of this ministry. He was right there when Lazarus conquered death. He was right there when the blind Bartimaeus got healed. He was right there and saw that little bowl of food feed thousands and thousands and come out to be 12 baskets. He saw it all. He's even part of the group that grabbed a gold coin out of a fish mouth to satisfy the tax man. Like, we didn't even have to pay our taxes. A fish paid it for us. He saw it all. You think that Judas was just some evil guy. No, he was indoctrinated to believe that the one was coming. I have found the one. Let's, when is he going to get us free from these Romans? Don't you see every day they're executing people? Every day they're beating people. If you'd have rose up yesterday, Jesus, those people wouldn't have suffered. And Judas decides to take it in his own hands and make Jesus be who he wants him to be. You following me? You following me? Or is he who he says he is? Submit to your enemies. When he said go the extra mile, he meant carry their equipment. These guys that are beating you, the guy that killed your dad last week... When he asks you to carry his sword, carry his shield also. That's what he's talking about. When, he said, when he's allowed by law to let you make you go one mile, go two. Show him who you are. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ, the Lord and King of my life. You want to know if Jesus is your Lord? Is he your King? Is your life lived for his benefit or yours? That's what this story is about. It's the dividing line between which king do you have? 
Peter pulls a sword against 600 soldiers. Listen to this. 600 soldiers went out to arrest Jesus. That's how they thought he was. They thought the crowd was going to rise up. They thought they were going to war. They armed up and went out 600 strong to arrest a, a preacher who told them to love your enemy. They weren't listening to him. These followers are supposed to love us. We're going to go out and we're going to put flowers in our ear and wear togas and go arrest Jesus. No, they went out fully armed. And Peter pulls a sword and instead of attacking a soldier, a, a palace guard, he attacks a slave. Cuts his ear off. Yeah, Jesus will rise up now. He won't let me be, he won't let me be killed. He'll, he'll protect me. And Jesus says, put away your sword. Don't you understand? I have 12,000 angels, 12,000, no, 12 legions of angels. That's 72,000 angels ready to come to my rescue. If we want war, it's over. We don't want war. We want transformation. We want salvation. We want deliverance of yourself. We want you to be delivered to be someone who can love their enemy and turn the other cheek and go the extra mile and give to any man that asks. You follow me? Yeah. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. I've tried to tell you. I'm going to Jerusalem to be killed. Don't you understand it? Why are you trying to stop me? Get behind me, Satan. Peter says, Jesus, we're not letting you go to Jerusalem. He says, get behind me, Satan. You're not stopping this. Well, these poor disciples, they were so confused their deliverer is dead. They go back to fishing, some of them. They go back to their own lives. Well, it's over. When deliverers die, the story ends. And ours didn't deliver us. We're still under the Romans. They had no clue who he was. They didn't understand. They, they, they acknowledged he's the one. Jesus is Lord. Well, what's that mean? Is he the Lord of you? Everybody wants to say everything happens for a reason, but not unless you do it. The whole world could be saved if it didn't matter what we do. But the world can't be saved because it only matters what we do. You follow me? What do you do? Who is he? What king is he? Which king is he? Is he your king? Does your life, is your life lived to build his kingdom? Is your life lived to serve him? Did you give him a pile of garbage hoping he could do something with it? And then when he did say, it's still yours, even though now my life's good, it's still yours, I gave it to you. All that I have is yours. All that I am is yours. All that I am ever going to have is yours. All my future, my days are yours. I hear people all the time talking about getting stuck somewhere. I don't want to be stuck there. I don't want to be, I don't want to spend my life here. And, and it's like, well, what was your life like before you got stuck here? Or what was your life like before you were here working this hard for him? Before he was your Lord, what was your life like? Right? Yeah. So I asked this question, is your life the best it's ever been? Since you've had this encounter with Jesus, is your life the best it's ever been? And you're afraid to be stuck in the place that your life is the best that's ever been. Do you have more people in your life that you love and, lo and you know love you? Yeah. And that's the place you want to get out of. How about trustworthy men? Do you know how rare trustworthy men are now? Let's take trustworthy off. Unselfish men. Do you have more unselfish men in your life now than you've ever had? The, the absolute 100% answer, I mean, I don't think I ever hear a different answer, but yeah, I do. And that's what you want to get away from? That's what you're praying God would take you out of? I sat at a table back in 1991 
told my wife, we, we knew we were moving somewhere. We didn't know. We just like, God's moving us. But he didn't tell us where. I said, well, she brought up the house that I had built here that hadn't sold for some, cra it was crazy why it didn't sell. The view alone should have sold it. The price was 135000 It was like this ridiculously low price. I was doing it as a lear to learn how to build houses from the ground up instead of just being a framing contractor. And it was stuck with it. I, she said, we can go to Orville. Listen, Vicki, that's the worst place on earth. <laughs> I said that at noon. That's noon. Okay, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm here. It's like a 155-degree day. If you don't know what that's like, just wait till next week. It's like crazy days, right, you know? I come up just to take care of my house to put some, I uh, was going to put blankets on the windows because they, they uh, cause, in a brand new house, they dry too fast in the heat and they damage them, try to keep the windows covered kind of thing. So I came up to do a little work to protect the house from this, this heat wave. And I drove into the driveway. If you've been to my house, it's that same exact property. And the Lord spoke to me and said, this is my, this is where I have you. This is what I've given you is Oroville. And it was said to me in a way that is, do you want it? I immediately began to praise the Lord, forgot all about any opinion I ever had of Oroville. You know what Oroville became to me that day? My, my Savior's will became my King's will. And I lived to do my King's will. And I said, Lord, all I ever wanted to know, I don't care if you move me to Egypt. I don't care if you move me to Pakistan. I just want to know where you want me. Where can I do you the most good? But the problem, Lord, is I just told a mother of four children that it's the worst place to raise your kids you could conceive of. So would you tell her before I call her that you're calling us to Oroville? So I had a bag phone that, you know, the bag was about this big. And I picked up my cell phone. It was a 1990 version of cell phones. And I called... And uh, she answered the phone all excited. And I said, as the Lord spoke to you. And she said, he said, we're moving to Orville. I said, get the U-Haul. Let's, let's load today. I'll be back in an hour and a half. Let's just load that thing. And I went home. She had rented the U-Haul. We loaded that thing up and moved. I had 60 guys working for me in Sacramento. And I didn't know how I was going to work my way out of that. But we did. The Lord provided. He's the king. Can I just tell you something? There's six billion people on planet Earth, at least, maybe seven. Eight. Eight. Thank you. Bob always knows. I'm never right, and he always is when it comes to that. I always guess low. Anyway, eight billion people. Think of a sea of eight billion people all saying, choose me, Lord, choose me. They're not, but just think of it. Just use your fantasy, right? Let's just say 100 million people. Choose me. Choose. He reached out and picked me and Vicky up and chose us, called us, equipped us. Can you imagine? I got chosen, picked, plucked. I mean, honestly, he picked me. And can you just think about that? Me in the next couple of years saying, Lord, I don't want to get stuck here. I don't want to get stuck in your choosing. I don't want to get stuck in your plan. When, when, when does my life get blessed? When, when, when do I get mine? I have found 
it all stems back to this riding of this donkey. Wow. It's like, Hosanna to the one who's able to deliver me from them, from Oroville, from working so hard, from blah, 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 blah. You get me? Did you guys follow that? Did you guys hear those words? Was that clear? Did you get that? You got every word, didn't you? Okay. Or, my life is no longer mine. It belongs to you. You are my king. You are my God. You are my owner, is what that means. You own me. I am your bondservant. Send me and I'll go. Call me and I'll come. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. If the Romans occupy or the political climate of California, that's the biggest thing. Everybody, I got to get out of California. Are you kidding me? It's the sick that need a doctor. He's called me to be a doctor in this, of the spirit. This is the best place to be to preach the gospel. Hopelessness will absolutely reign in this land. And to be a person who carries hope, can you believe that? Can you imagine if the Father's house is your church, how you have been chosen out of that 8 billion people? God's plucked you. Said, look, I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to carry hope in a hopeless land. You're going to carry peace in a land of turmoil. You're going to carry my name, the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to demonstrate lordship. You're going to demonstrate love. You're going to demonstrate a Christianity that actually works to bring the fruit of the Spirit into your life. You're going to be set free. Please stop setting me free, Lord. That's the num number one complaint I hear. Now, they don't say, please stop setting me free. They say, I got to get out of here. You know what you're actually, what I heard was the went through the translator, you know, went through the universal translator and came out, please stop setting me free, Lord. Please stop supporting me. Please stop taking care of me. That's what I heard. Oh, brother, don't you know what God's called you to? You're going to make a difference in the land. You're going to change people's lives. You're going to deliver them from them. You're going to deliver them from tyranny. <laughs> These guys are in jail. In jail. They beat them for nothing more than preaching the gospel. Nothing more than saying they love Jesus. And they, they were beating them. And they're in jail singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs, giving praise to God for the situation they're in. Now, I got to admit, I haven't done that one yet. Beat me and I'll probably get through it, but I might not be praising the Lord for the beating. But I'm, I'm still got a lot of hope that that could be me one day. I may have time left to become that guy. Because he's changing me. He's, he's molding me. He's, he's transforming me. He's, I'm being born again, made brand new, a new creature in Christ. And it's whether or not I decide he's the king to, set, to, to, make, to fix my problems or he's the king to take my life and rule over me, to bring me born again, to bring me his dwelling place, his spirit. He wants to make his home in me. He wants to make his life in me. He wants his name, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come out of my mouth. He wants his spirit to be seen in my spirit. He wants his hand to touch what my hand touches.
to say what my mouth speaks. Are you following me? That's what he's calling you to. He's reaching out in a land of 8 billion people saying, I pick you, Evan Fontaine. I pick you, Cassie. I pick you, Nathan. Woo! I mean, how long is this choosing good for, Lord? Lord, could you do me a favor and never make me leave your choosing? Can you never? I've prayed all the time. Could I just never be a senior pastor? Bad pastor. Bad pastor. I have no idea what I was praying. I had no idea that he was choosing me to be the senior pastor. Today, after all these years, it's like, how could I ever have said those words? I got chosen to be the senior pastor. I got chosen to plant a church. There's all kinds of philosophies. Don't ever have to plant a church. I'm so grateful I had to plant a church. I mean, it's like, what the heck was I thinking? I was thinking, I want him to be my servant, not my king. I was saying, Hosanna to the butler who can clean my living room. Do my dishes. Fix all my mistakes. Hosanna to the king who would come and fix my car and my finances and make me comfortable. That's what I was doing. Not my life is yours, have your way in me. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Just let, let's, let's, the king is here, people. Listen to my words. He said he would inhabit the praises of his people. And we have praised him. Have you praised him? He's here. The king is here. Not riding on a donkey, but coming in peace. Are you waving your palm branches? Are you laying your life down for him to walk on? Are you giving your life to him, to serve him, to know him? Are you? Or are you inviting him into your life to fix your stuff? Such as I am, I come to thee. Heal me that I might serve you. Keep your eyes closed. Feel this prayer. He said, where you gather in my name, there will I be in the midst of you. He's with you. He's in the midst of you right now. He's here right now. Will you let him change you? Let him come in and deliver you from you. Will you say this prayer? Heal my wrong thinking, Lord. Heal my wrong thinking, Lord. One more time for the Holy Spirit. Heal my wrong thinking, Lord. Teach me your ways. Say it. Lead me in the way that is righteousness. Come on, say it. If you want to be a servant of the King, say, you are my King, Jesus. You are my Lord, Jesus. It is no longer I who live, but it is Jesus who lives through me. Take my life, Jesus. Use me, Jesus. And thank you for all that you do in my life. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. 
It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.